listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 The Vegas lead, it's going to be a smallish kind of topics. It's going to be about truth, greatness, and the randomness of life. And, oh, by the way, Edelman's retirement. Yeah, and Julian Edelman, the longtime Patriots wide receiver, announced his retirement on Monday. Three Super Bowl championships and including a Super Bowl MVP on the resume of Julian Edelman. Okay, so first off, and Mackenzie, have you pulled the Patriots adjustment? My guess is none to the Super Bowl odds. You are correct, sir. All right, so the betting market says this is an irrelevancy. And Patriots are 28-1. to to win the Super Bowl. Okay. But now the question turns to talk radios, you know, one of the favorites, Hall of Fame or not? And I think it's a valid question. In fact, if you listen to some NBA guys who have votes in the MVP and all that, or specifically the all-NBA teams, and then in the NFL, it's Pro Bowls and such, eventually people forget a lot. I you know and and if you're born after a player like guys like Jim Brown I know they were spoken of and are and he's spoken of with reverence but it was kind of like you had to be there now maybe with YouTube and stuff we're evolving where you don't have to quite be there but the best you're gonna get is the highlights and you might watch a couple games here or there so in a way the uh, Pro Bowl. MVP voting. I don't know if you know this. Russell Wilson has never gotten a vote for MVP. <laughs> that is something that becomes ammunition when it's debate time, Hall of Fame or not. And it's important because ultimately there's going to be players that are lost to history. They just are lost to history. And I've always found it to be the most fascinating is with books. So literature, great art in theory. Probably the most respected novel written in the English language is Moby Dick. Moby Dick was a forgotten book. Melville was a uh, quite a popular author. I mean, it would be like, you know, a guy like a Michael Creighton or something of his time, Stephen King. And then he wrote this kind of strange book about a whale and no one liked it. And the years went by, decades went by, and it was a forgotten book. And somewhere in the 1920s, if I recall, there was a professor, a specific professor, who said, this is greatness. This book is greatness, Moby Dick. And he went on a crusade to raise awareness about the greatness of Moby Dick. And eventually, it became a well-respected book, and then it was entered into the canon where you can't have a reading list for high school seniors that doesn't have Moby Dick on it. But in 1900, it was an unknown book. So what does that mean? It means that the merit of something doesn't always dictate. How many other books are there as good as Moby Dick that didn't have that advocate? So now let's turn it to football. Is We think we know how good Edelman is, We all got our opinions, fans today, but how is Edelman going to be remembered? And that ultimately is the point of the Hall of Fame, is to say this is the canon. This is who you are supposed to take seriously from this era. And that's what the Hall of Fame, the NFL version, was always envisioned as, a place that a young fan could go and understand the history of the game. 
So as much as in a way the talk of Edelman Hall of Fame or not, uh, Manning with the Giants Hall of Fame or not, it's an important discussion. It might feel trivial on talk radio sometimes. It's an important discussion. And then we get to the whole idea of truth, greatness, and luck, randomness. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Who's truth? That's the question you've always got to ask yourself. If it's an objective truth, I love those. Pete Rose, most hits ever. Now you can say, but he gambled. Okay, that's the debate. But objectively, Pete Rose was a great hitter. On the other hand, you could say, oh, RJ, that's so 1997. Hits are a counting stat. We're talking efficiency. Okay, so now we're debating which numbers matter. They're objective, but which... RBIs, they don't matter. ERA, they don't matter. That doesn't matter. It's all changed. What's on the back of the baseball cards from 20 years ago, we're being told none of those stats matter. Guy can be 15 and 13 and win the Cy Young. All right? Maybe. I'm skeptical. Now, once you get past objective, now you're too subjective. Now it's someone's subjective opinion. That's what talk radio loves. Oh, the dream of these guys, the dream of the guys that don't do, they say, they don't actually chance anything, but they comment on others who do. They love if they get to decide the truth. Oh, yeah, his stats said this, but in truth, it's that. And you know who's telling you? Me. And you know why you can believe it? Because I'm saying it. That's a great position to be in. If you think about it, each political party tries to do that in a way. The religious right, you could say they're saying, we're going to tell you what's just and not just and what's um, you know righteous, pious, and not pious. And the left's going to say, oh, no, 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 we'll cancel you if you're wrong in our opinion. Both parties are trying to dictate and be arbiters of good and evil, good and bad, irredeemable or not. Okay, so... I find it to be super dangerous when there isn't an objective measure of things because now it's, and I'm a, ultimately what a better does, ultimately what a GM does is make decisions. Warren Buffett, an investor, they make decisions and you've got to decide what your heuristic is, which is just a fancy way of saying, what is your process to make the decision? And I tell you this, if you tell me it's going to be put in an algorithm, like the ELO method with chess, I'm comfortable with that. I might, be, I might think it's flawed and imperfect, but it's at least objective. But if you tell me somebody on a talk show is going to decide it based on his whim, eh, I'm very skeptical. And that's where, for me, an example is, is with Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was a disappointment was he a good quarterback? For sure. Andrew Luck is not one of the top 10 quarterbacks of his era. When you come out as the greatest prospect since John Elway, and you retire two weeks before the season and literally haven't made a Super Bowl, you are a disappointment. We can say provide context or whatever, you're a disappointment. But literally, that's not the way the Andrew Luck people believe. And now we're in la-la land in that, that we can all make up our own reality. And I think that with Edelman, 
it's fascinating because I am sympathetic to the idea that the stats don't tell the Edelman story. The fact that he has so many uh, redeeming qualities that are hard to quantify, blocking, team building, all that stuff. And the fact is, if anything, I would like the playoffs to matter. We're going to get into an NBA story about Murray and Cuban talking about how maybe these meaningless games have become more meaningful, and that's bad because there's more strain on the players. That's fascinating, right? I don't like meaninglessness. I want to see games that matter. NFL, that's one of the great things about it. But that week 17 or 15 or 10 doesn't matter as much as the playoffs. And the playoffs is where Edelman has stepped up the most. And thus, I'm sympathetic to someone saying, and Colin did today, hey, I know the stats don't back it up, but Edelman should be in the Hall of Fame, and here's why. Here's the context. And in that case, I agree. So I kind of want to be sympathetic to it. But you know what else? Under that theory, Matt Stafford shouldn't even sniff the Hall of Fame because his playoff resume is not good. How much of that is luck? And that's the last piece of this. You always hear about 10,000 simulations. Oh, we ran this 10,000 times and -and so-and-so wins 4.2%. The reason they run it 10,000 times is they want to get luck out of it. But in life, luck is this huge piece to the puzzle. So on one hand, we're saying, what is greatness? Who's judging it? And then I don't even think we can be sure of how to judge it. Even if we try to judge it as objectively as possible, where does luck, where does having this coach or not have, you, you hear this all the time. If, if, if um, Mahomes didn't go with Andy Reid, how good would Mahomes be? Sam Darnold could be Mahomes if only he had the right coach you hear. It's like, oh man, now it's not only how to measure what happened on the field, we have to do every if, then, but, what, maybe of any possibility of how it could have went to calculate greatness. And you know what? I don't think we can. Ultimately, I think there's players, we hardly remember their names from the 90s that were probably almost as good as players who we literally have on posters and maybe as good, maybe better sometimes. And in the movies at the end, they'll give you that shot that tells you the answer all along. You weren't sure if it was this or that, but then you see his hands pull out a medal and you realize, oh, wait a minute. Or at the end of the uh, eight men out, it's like, oh, look, there's Shoeless Joe. He's in the outfield. He's familiar. It's telling you the perspective of the movie maker. And we're used to that. We want to know who wins, who loses. Ultimately, maybe the lament is we're never going to know how good Edelman really was. And we don't know if he should be in the Hall of Fame. You know what? We probably got to accept that and at the same time try our best to make our best guess now. And I think the Edelman story, Hall of Fame or not, is a great example Well, objective truth says one thing, but we're saying, oh, be careful. Objective truth isn't always right. Here's my opinion. And then we like, whoever's opinion it is, they're going by what they've seen. But if we're in a simulation, there's a thousand other scenarios that could have happened that could have changed our opinion totally. And that's what we're left with talk radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. 
All right, let's talk Murray and this injury. I think it's a big story. Yeah, Jamal Murray, the Denver Nuggets guard, went down with a torn ACL in Denver's loss to the Golden State Warriors on Monday night. So the Nuggets will have to go without Murray the rest of the season as they enter into the postseason. So the odds were 18-1 to 1, or are 18-1 to 1 on Denver winning the title. They were 14-1 to 1 before the injury. That's a modest adjustment. I think too modest. So, Mackenzie, if we look at the performance of Denver with Murray on the court versus off the court, what is the adjustment? There's a nine-point net difference with the Nuggets with Murray, without Murray. If you look at someone with that many minutes, he's fourth. Number three with the exact same plus nine, Nikola Jokic, MVP favorite. All right, so who? Where, so he's fourth in the entire league. Yes, for players that have played 1,700 minutes or more. So you know. Started, so these are saying full-time players. Yes. He's the fourth most valuable when you look at plus minus, which is on or off the court. Yes, exactly right. Okay, so that means only three players are more valuable. Now, nine isn't right. He's not worth a nine-point adjustment. The best players in the NBA are worth about six points. Like Michael Jordan was worth six to the line in his prime. LeBron, same thing. So is Murray worth four? Maybe. And to me, if you adjust four points a game, think about it. An average NBA team versus a great team – and Fezzik's – so, Mackenzie, you do NBA power ratings. Yeah. What, an average team versus the best team, what's typically the spread? The best team, seven points. All right. So you're saying from the an average team to the best team is seven points. Yes. And we're saying Murray, at least statistically, is nine points. So if Denver were the best team and the nine was legit, then they'd go, they would have gone to a below-average team without Murray. That's right. He's not worth nine, but he might be worth half of that or a little less. So four – so four means, and Denver wasn't the best team. So Denver's the fifth or sixth best team with Murray. They're about average without him. Average team should not be 18 to 1. So to me, there's not enough adjustment. And in fact, you made an interesting point in the pre-show, McKenzie. You said, hey, listen, they were 20 to 1 Denver before they just traded. Yep, before they traded for Aaron Gordon at the trade deadline. And he's not as valuable as Jamal Murray. Not even close. It's just the narrative started being on Denver. Oh, they might be something. And lo and behold, now there's an injury that gets in the way of that narrative. Everyone wants to ignore it. Don't fall prey to that. Now, what we know is about bookies. Cockroaches. Cockroaches, yeah. So they'll put it out at 18 to 1 and let some people bet it thinking there's value. My guess is this thing's down to 25 to 1 within about 10 days. They just want to get the initial suckers to gobble it up. I don't think it's a fair representation. Murray's loss for Denver is a big deal. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker. For 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport, whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. I'm going to let you have the honor, Jonas, of being the stand-in for Mark Cuban. So I'm going to act like you're Mark Cuban and that we have a show that like has the velvet ropes of the insiders are comfortable and we're going to act like it, but we have to mimic it. Okay. So here's the question. Isn't what Cuban, Mr. Cuban, isn't what you're saying 
that the idea around the playing games is too effective. It's working too well because it seems to me what's happening. And if you were to ask me yesterday, how is the playing tournament, however you want to call it, going over? I'd say like gangbusters. What happened is that the difference between three and seven becomes more important. Yeah, everyone wanted home court. You want to play lesser teams if you can. But in the era when the Clippers aren't playing hard the entire regular season, the Lakers aren't, you don't really know if you're the third seed, if you're going to play a harder team than if you're the fourth seed. I think the end of the season is going to be a lot of jockeying for position, not always wanting to win. So it seems like the stakes have been raised for teams in the middle and a di- of the playoff hunt, four, five, you know, six, three. And the stakes have been raised for the teams on the periphery, on the edge of the playoff contention, nine, 10, 11. That's just more meaningful games, more games with high stakes and less teams tanking because let's say the trading deadline, there was less action than some suspected because there's teams that might be two games out of the 10th seed that are thinking, we're in this thing. We can make the playoffs. So if you have more games that matter, when the great lament of the NBA is there's too many games, they don't all matter. That's a wonderful thing. And what Cuban seems to be saying to me, Mr. Cuban, is that it works so well that we're playing games so hard that usually we'd be coasting, hint, hint, People are getting injured. How do you answer that? Uh, I can't answer that. I can't speak up for Mark Cuban in this spot. Uh, I, I I could try and fake it and and uh, just well go ahead try to fake right. it. Uh, I'm gonna defend my superstar Luka Doncic because uh, he spoke out against this, and if I don't back him publicly, then it makes it seem like I'm not supporting my guy and my franchise player. Okay, and so if if the assumption is I'm going to give you a special code when I'm serious, and you know if I tug on my ear three times, take what I say seriously, and if you don't, if I don't, then you can't. I don't know. I, I, think- I mean, well, and my only point on this is Mark Cuban cannot like it all he wants, and there was a lot of people that didn't like the wild card game in Major League Baseball when it was first introduced. But if you ask baseball now, that game is must watch. When you get to that game, and there's a lot of teams like the Pittsburgh Pirates, that seemingly were always in the wild card game and seemingly always lost for for several years in a row. But when you get to that wild card game, the stakes just go through the roof. And to your point, there are too many times during the course of a regular season where people will just be out on the game or not be interested in it because it, it, it's either a blowout or a team goes on a run late and you only tune in for the last portion of it. So the NBA needs something to try and get people in the mood for the postseason. And I, I'm in on the playing tournament. I think it's great. That's Jonas Knox. I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. Here's the paradox. Here's always the balancing act. On one hand, you don't want to cheapen Anything like playoffs. I didn't like and I don't like the seventh. I think to me, it made it where there's less competition even at the top. When you have one dominant team, like the Steelers were so good to the end of the year. And then come the last two weeks, they had nothing to play for because they couldn't get number one and number two didn't matter. Now that happened last year. Now, obviously, there's more games that matter at the bottom. You know, eighth seed, seventh seed fighting. To me, that cheapened the NFL a little bit. 
This actually is saying, hey, if you really want to cruise into the playoffs, get one of the top six seeds and rest. And if not, we're going to open it up a little bit. That works for me. And I, you know, I don't know subjective or objective. We can debate it. But to me, what Cuban's saying, it's not that I agree or disagree generally. It's the way he's saying it. What he's saying effectively is these games now matter. And thus, we got to play hard, and thus, our players are getting hurt. And at least in that regard, if you're saying, pay us TV people, pay us season ticket holders, but we don't want to really go hard in all these games, well, to me, that's guilty. (laughs) And case is closed. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.